Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. This episode's guest is the absolute sweetest. I enjoyed our conversation so much. As you can probably tell, this episode runs a little bit longer than usual, but trust me, it is so worth it. Lena Sobi is originally from Egypt, and I was really excited to chat with an Egyptian about their unique ancient history. We also chat about how Lena's fiancé moved to Canada with his family without her, and they spent several years apart before she could finally join him in Montreal in 2013. I remember very well, like, I was like, oh my god, this is, wow, Montreal, oh my god, another lady in hijab, uh, hello! <laughs> I was very, like, out of this world feeling, um, like we're touring around, my husband is showing me everywhere, oh, this is Mont Royal, uh, this is where the best smoked meat place is, <laughs> grabbing ice creams, it was, it was a really fun, he, he had like two weeks off for us to, to show me around and for us to like furnish our place, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And I was just blown away. I was extremely exhausted, but I was really happy. And I was like, wow, I'm here. Lena tells us that she would not have the career she has today without her effort to volunteer when she first arrived in Canada. We discuss the many benefits involved and how you can find great volunteering opportunities in your area too. We also discuss Lena's experience wearing a hijab in Canada, and she shares some valuable advice for anyone worried about being a visible minority here. Let's start the show. Lena, 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 we are here. We are together. Oh my goodness, it's happening. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally. For everyone listening at home, uh, Lena and I have scheduled and then subsequently cancelled this interview. Um, I want to say, what, five, six times at this point? Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. But life happens. Yeah, exactly. Gets in the way. We had snow days and kids home from school, double booked meetings, house renovations. I think we had every... (laughs) <laughs> every excuse under the sun but we're finally here and yes. yeah I'm, I'm that much more excited to chat with you it will, will be worth the wait I'm sure me too Kate thank you so much for doing all of this wonderful work it's very inspiring oh thank you yeah I'm so excited you're here so how how is your week going um pretty intense pretty pretty intense it's a it's a very busy week career-wise so it's pretty intense but it feels good it feels yes. very accomplished yes oh. That is good. It's yeah. busy, but then, yeah, you feel fulfilled. Yes. <laughs> and we're here, so we're recording, so there can't be anything too major. It must have come up, so so that's good. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So let's dive in. So mm-hmm. you were born in the United Arab Emirates. Yes. But you are Egyptian. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about that. Where in the UAE were you born? Of course. I was born in Abu Dhabi, which is... Um, Pretty close to Dubai, but uh, but it's more like family oriented. I would say calmer, great place. Um, the whole city is like by the beach, you know. So you have like a great coast. Of course, really really hot in summer. Uh, perfect weather in winter, um, and it was really close to Egypt. Like uh, the the flight is three hours and a half. And oh you know, nice. yeah, so so we always like went back very frequently to Egypt with my family. It was a beautiful place to grow up in. Honestly, my childhood and growing up was very, very nice, very beautiful, very safe country. Um, I was also very lucky to be always involved in a very diverse uh, community. As as weird as it sounds, people would never believe that. But my school, we had... Um, so we had many different nationalities from the Arab region as well. Uh, my teachers were from all over the world, you know, from the UK, uh, from India, uh, from the US, uh, from Canada. So it was very, very 
diverse in, in that sense. Um, also exposed to a lot of like religions, like Hinduism, of course, Christianity. So I, I really liked growing up there. It gave me a lot of actually diversity. Although, you know, people just know that it's just, you know, an Arab country in the Gulf. How diverse could it be, right? Mm-hmm. But it is actually quite diverse um, in in a good sense. Um, and it was beautiful. Uh, I always studied in, you know, English schools. Uh, thank- thankfully, my parents really paid a lot of money uh, in our education. And that really paid off, actually, like coming here to Canada, that really, really paid off. Yeah, and, and every summer we went back to Egypt. So Egypt was the condensed fun part of the year, right? We always used to do a lot of traveling with my family. Uh, we went to the Red Sea and like, there are so many resorts in like, uh, Hergada, Sharm el-Sheikh. Um, I would literally not get out of the beach or the pool. Like literally we would stay swimming all day long, playing in the sand, in the water. Um, we were always exposed to so many like fun activities like, um, like, you know, the jet ski, um, banana boat riding, such fun things. And yeah, we did also like a few weeks in Cairo, of course, to see my, you know, my grandma, she's now, um, may she rest in peace and like my other family members. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's in short, uh, how that was like until I fully moved to Egypt by myself after I was done high school to study uh, medicine, to do my med school there. So yeah, you must have been called back there to to choose to to go back there to study. Um, yes. What were the differences to choose between Abu Dhabi and and Egypt? What what really kind of made that decision? Of course, yeah, that's a really good question because um, I could have chose to study in United Arab Emirates and stay close to my family. You know, the easiness of life, less responsibilities, more time for school and studying. But I was. Since I was little, I was very, very attached to Egypt. And I was very like, when I grew up and I'm an adult, I'm going to move back, stay there, (laughs) you know? So both your parents are Egyptian? Yes, both my parents are Uh Egyptian. Were there a lot of Egyptians in Abu Dhabi? Yes, relatively, yes. Back then, yes, I would say a big percentage, now more and more even. Um, And now I I would suppose it's even way more diverse also. Like it's been, you know, Dubai has been like a popular place over the past four few years and attracting so many people so yeah I would say it's um yeah a lot of Egyptians for sure like all our family friends and my friends from school were Egyptian so I felt connected to the culture yeah it was so nice of your parents as well to to keep that that connection open right so do you have any siblings you you mentioned you did so I do yes I do I have one brother you you could go back every summer and and yes yeah that's so nice yeah yeah exactly yeah it was uh it was really nice honestly it was very grateful for it for that experience yeah but studying choosing to study in Egypt was you know also because I want to go back I want to live in Egypt I want to be, you know, good citizen, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. do good for my country. That was the main goal. And also because medical schools in Egypt are very, very strong. Mm, okay. Very big schools, very strong in the Arab region in general. They are really, really strong schools. So that was also a big part of the motivation to go back. Yeah. Great. So you're a doctor now. What, what's, uh, yes. what do you practice? <laughs> uh, so I'm technically what you call a GP. I didn't really okay. specialize in anything yet. Uh, because after I, I graduated, uh, and got my license, I moved here <laughs> following the love of my life. You know, we got married and came here. I was like, I'm going to start a new life here, um, uh, and specialize here. Hopefully. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely get into the story of, of what yes. brought you here. But for now, so I have to say, as soon as I saw you were Egyptian, something yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> I got so excited because yes. it's so funny. I think so many of us in the Western world have these vivid memories of learning about ancient Egyptian history <laughs> in school at a young age, you know, doing these amazing school projects and just being so fascinated by it. I think I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And I don't know. I, ju- I guess there's just such unique stories and mysteries surrounding the pharaohs like Tutankhamun and the pyramids and Cleopatra and yes. hieroglyphics and the beliefs they had about the afterlife and yes. I don't know the legends of curses, their medicines, you know, all of that. <laughs> it's it's so fascinating for 
for children and adults. So absolutely, absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it is, it is. The culture is honestly very, very, very rich. You immediately feel it once um, you go back, and there's history literally yeah. everywhere, you know, and all types of, of history as well. Um, so you have like um, sort of like the, the Islamic history, and, and even like uh, Jewish heritage history and, and Catholic history. You know, you have all sorts of history uh, besides the pharaohs, of course, which is is just everywhere. It's it's very rich. You definitely feel that. Oh wow! Mm. This this place is old. So many yeah. people have li- <laughs> have lived here for a long time. You know, you yes. definitely feel it. Yes, wow. it is very. And I, I've never visited it myself and I, I've never spoken to an Egyptian before. So this oh. is so exciting. So. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's really cool. You know, there's really no other country that I remember learning about that much and enjoying it so much. So, yeah. um, that was going to be one of my questions. Of course, you know, what, what was it like being Egyptian? I'm guessing you, of course, learn about your history, but I, I was just curious if there is that history infiltrating modern life there, or is it more of a tourist thing? But yeah, there must be that vibe kind of resonating with all those people on the stories and you can feel it. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's actually an, an, an incredible point to mention because it is true. Like while I was younger, every time we went back, the, the vacations were more focused, like I said, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. either with family or sort of like resort life, uh, just for everyone to have fun. And we did do a lot of like, um, you know, tours or, or, you know, sightseeing, but we were maybe a little too young to sort of understand the bigger picture. So when I moved back during my uh, med school, now I started, you know, going to all these places with my friends and it was such an eye opener, right? It was because now you're 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 more aware and now you read about it and now you understand more so it was definitely incredible to 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 witness and just enjoy like every we could have went to a new place every weekend like you know there's so much to see um so many historic sites and and not only like i said not only the the pharaohs but yeah so many places i don't know if you've ever heard about um there's this very famous alley called Khan al Khalili it's like uh, in old old Cairo. Uh, it's very, very sort of, you know, tight and you have all these small, small shops together. It's very busy and it's bustling with like color and music playing and like uh, the sellers trying to sell you their merchandise. It's very, like very popular and sightseeing. It's a very historic place as well. Um, and it's just mind blowing. Like every time I go there, my you know my soul like gets you know fired up and it's just yeah there's a lot to do a lot to see and Cairo in itself is a very vibrant city Cairo is a city that definitely does not sleep Mm -hmm. Um, it's one of the most populated cities in the world there's 22 million people that live in the city (laughs) it's the largest in Africa and the Middle East so yeah Busy. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely feel that when you go back. Now, um, whenever I go back and we're in the car, you know, from the airport to like our home, I'm like, oh, oh my God, too many cars, <laughs> too much traffic. But it's true. It's very, very populated. And over the years as well, it's been also like becoming more diverse. The nightlife is becoming exquisite. Mm-hmm. The restaurants, the malls. It's really, really developing. And I wish it's one of the things that breaks my heart that whenever I keep, I see people here, they're like, Oh, you're Egyptian. Isn't that just, you know, the, de- the pyramids, desert, and that's it. Yes. People, yeah. Even, even young people, like even friends from work, they, they really don't know. And it's unfortunate, right? Because it's, it is really a great city. Like, and you have those beaches too, and the coral reefs yes. and the sea cruises are coming through. You know, there's so much paradise yes, to see so outside of the Sahara Desert for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's my point. There is so much to see, so much to do. And it's, it's very, um, reviving. I would say like it's fun. It's reviving. I like it. It's amazing. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I <it> was blessed. <laughs> what was your favorite historical site that you remember visiting over the years? Um, there's a lot. Like Khan al Khalili is one of them. It's every time I go back, I have to go back there. I have to. It's just 
Maybe I'll send you like a video or a picture later on. I've said this before on this podcast that, you know, there's all these checklists of sites to see, but it's, I am definitely the type of traveler. There's different types of travelers, people that want to do things. And then people that I can literally sit at a table drinking a coffee, but it's the the feeling of a place to chase those kind of places. So yeah, 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 definitely. Oh man, I just pictured me and you there sitting in like one of the Let's authentic, <laughs> right? I would love to. Oh my goodness. I, it's been on my list for years yeah. and years and years. Just, just let me know when <laughs> and I've got you covered. You'll have to show me all these other places because it's so true. You know, yes. I was saying we grow up learning about the ancient Egyptian history and it is so fascinating and I need to see all of that as well, but there's so much more to it. Wow. Yeah. So I, I like, I'm thinking about, you know, Khalid Khalidi. The pyramids, every time I go, it's just like, (gasps) every single time. Thousands of years before Christ. Like, you can't even get your head around how old everything is. It's incredible. Yeah, how they did that. And they just, the feeling is so glorious. Like, this is, there is a certain, I believe in energy as well, a lot Mm. in vibes. And I remember going to the pyramids the last time, I was like, this feels strong. You know, when you go somewhere and you feel like a sense of calm, but strength as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, the pyramids for me. Yeah, that's how I feel it. And also, I would say the Egyptian museum before they moved it now. Now they moved everything into like a bigger, fancier, newer museum. It was just also very, very, very special. It was like this small, small museum. Thousands and thousands and thousands of monuments and and, you know, it's all uh, pharaohic um, history and, and monuments and, you know, even their jewelry, so intricate. They had, like, slippers made of gold, um, the mummy section. Yeah, I definitely never forget that day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, I can't imagine that feeling. I, I mean, I get that feeling just... You know, I was absolutely obsessed with that, uh, the animated movie Prince of Egypt when I was growing up and those beautiful <laughs> songs, you know, Whitney and Mariah. And I think yeah. it's, it's such a mysterious part of history, but there's, yeah, there's just so much mystery yeah. and stories and yeah, like you said, energy to it. And I remember crying in the night and running to my parents after watching it because I was the firstborn child and I thought that I'd be killed by the angel of death. <laughs> And I remember my dad was whispering to me, you know, don't worry, it's firstborn sons. Like, you're good. Your brother's gonna, you know, you're fine. So that's just so funny. All these memories. But yeah, it's it's such an interesting time, for sure. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you learn about the history and the more you learn about, like, you know, they're, they're, they're apparently experts in the in geography and mathematical equations and you know uh, the tour guides would tell you all this like in extreme detail they would tell you like so there's this one day when they calculated that the sun would align on this temple at this specific time and it's like how wow yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool it is pretty cool and there's there's still a lot we don't know right there's still I could talk about it all day for sure. <laughs> um, so what about dress code? I know yes. that there are certain dress codes that you need to, you know, have respect towards and for when you visit. So what kind of advice can you give tourists that um, are planning to visit? Absolutely. I Like I said, again, over the years, people have become much, much more open to different, you know, like cultures and backgrounds and ever since like ever since I was a kid I remember going if you go anywhere I've always seen like tourists you know everywhere um and they would dress as normally as they would in their country if we are in their resort everybody's you know wearing bikinis and it's completely fine and respected and and safe um I would say just for the sake of your, just maybe privacy, because the culture in Egypt is that everybody is <laughs> sort of in, in everyone's business, you know? <laughs> like, even even though I wear hijab, you know, someone, like a guy, you know, catcalling and stuff, would look at my face or be like, oh, you're cute, or something okay. like that. Maybe just in terms of, of that aspect, um, you know, not have like, not wear hot shorts or, or like sleeveless top in the city. Mm-hmm. But if you are in, in the resort area and the beach, you can totally do that. That's 100% yeah. fine. Um, and like I said, tourists are sort of like 
you know, safe, <laughs> respected. You kind of forgive them a little bit for they shouldn't. You shouldn't though. You know, it's, you've got to do your research before you you travel somewhere and respect their cultures. But I think it's probably a lot yes. of common sense too, right? It's the same as if you were to go to Thailand, for example, and go to a temple. You'd, you know, it's exactly. it's just respecting that place and reading the room yeah, and, exactly. and you know and also it's very hot so you kind of you don't really want your skin to be exposed to that that sun either right exactly <laughs> yeah i think the, the best thing is just the, choosing the people to be with and and that's that's the best thing to do in terms of like uh, safety or people respecting your privacy um that's what i would say yeah um there was this website uh couch surfing which I think is great. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a really great resource if you'd like to travel sort of on a low budget. You'd like to meet locals who were, you know, very open hands, take you in and, and show you around. And if you're touring the country with a local, I think that really, really helps as well. Honestly, Egypt is becoming much, much more liberal than you would, uh, imagine. Like now, for example, like I said, the nightlife is wild. <laughs> There are no really. What about language? So obviously you mentioned there's all these people that you can get tours from. So I'm guessing English, you know, you, your English is English. perfect. You, it, it's a, it's in the school system and people. Yes, no, you can absolutely get by, especially because tourism is such a huge part of your economy. So yeah, I guess yes. yeah. you know we're notoriously bad at learning any other any other language other than English because we're just <laughs> like that. So yeah, selfishly, but English is great. <laughs> English is the best language. I love English. <laughs> yeah, it's universal. You can pretty much get by with that, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah. So Arabic, obviously Egypt is is the largest Arabic population, I read, right? So yes. Arabic and English. Um, and then we were discussing before this call, there's, there used to be more French influence there more too. More French. Yes, there, there still is. There still are really strong, uh, schools, um, like the lycée and international French schools as well. They are, they are still there. It depends on, you know, how people choose to, um, put their kids in what type of school. Uh, but yes, English, Arabic, and French, but more English, I would say. Like if you're in the city or you're in a touristic place, of course, like, uh, places like Aswan and Luxor, which are very very touristic areas people there speak even japanese um mm. deutsch spanish they're very very multilingual like extremely multilingual so there's no struggle there it's getting more like uae again <laughs> where just everyone yeah. from around the world kind of swans to these places and um, it becomes a bit of a hot pot of culture which is cool yeah us yeah. one that came up in my research 10 hours of sun a day <laughs> yeah that's amazing that sounds incredible let's go <laughs> the third sunniest place in the world yeah unfortunately i haven't been uh as sad as it mm-hmm. sounds my husband and i we haven't been yet to the very famous luxor and aswan tour um so this is like the, the if you want to see all the pharaohic history this is the place to go okay it's all there you know, you have the Valley of the Temples. Uh, you have you have so, 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 so much. What's in Cairo is like 1% of what is there. And it needs like a, a good week to explore it all. And it's better to visit during winter because it gets extremely hot in summer. Like even us, we're not... Like we're talking 40s, <laughs> 50s. <laughs> yes. Yes. So to enjoy it, or like now, springtime would be amazing. Winter, usually, it's a very uh, popular winter destination, even for Egyptian locals to travel there during winter. So what would you say you miss the most about Egypt? You mentioned the people um, and their kindness. Um, would it be the people? or Yes, yes, definitely the people and just unconditional love as well. <laughs> like whenever I'm in Egypt, I feel hugged constantly. I feel like in a constant Smiles state. Smiles. And- <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, just the, the fact that you know... Like, for example, um, one time my car broke down, right? And and people on the street are going to stop and help you and fix everything for you. Be like, okay, on, off you go. And I like that. I miss that a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. That's definitely the way that you would want to live. And that's the way we should live and help each other. Yeah, that's really beautiful. But I think I, that's what I like about the, the immigrant community in Canada. I feel like that is 
that where people are looking to help each other and you know there's different resources that are springing up now to help but run by newcomers that are helping new newcomers um yeah so I do like that about Canada 100%. so we've got our little community <laughs> yes 100% of course yes hey well you know that's a great segue to to talk about your moving to Canada story so we did mention that it was via love same as me you know it's very common and as I'm learning with this show that um yeah yeah when you fall in love and you start a new life with somebody so yeah I'd love to hear about that um what what it was back in 2013 tell us about the events that that led up to that yes so so my husband and I actually met in high school and we were high school sweethearts from so from Abu Dhabi Uh from the Emirates and then we both moved to Egypt to study on uh, universities, but that was like, you know, um, like normal, our normal path for each person separately, right? And during, you know, um, uh, university days and stuff, one day he called me and he was like, um, I have some news. My family applied for um, family immigration to Canada. And I was like, okay. And he said, it's going to take a few years and it's going to take some time, but that means that I might end up going. And I was like, oh, sure, whatever. And then, you know, I completely shrugged it off. Mm-hmm. You know, might not gonna, happen. You know, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the years go by and he graduated his um, university. He studied computer engineering. And I'm still in med school because med school is like um, a bit, like there's no undergrad in grad school. It's just a big chunk. Like in the UK, it's, uh, six, seven years. Seven years of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was uh, like six, seven years and I was still in the middle and he was done and he was like, I have to go because if I don't go now, the paperwork won't be processed and, you know, I have to go. And I can tell you that it was pretty devastated. And at that time we were sort of like engaged or in the process of mm-hmm. finding like, you know, doing a big engagement and all that like the families met it's official and all that and I was just devastated I was like okay he's going he's leaving me I'm never gonna hear from him again (laughs) you know and and that was and that was way before like uh video calls and the easiness of, of calls now so we had to for us to actually talk we had to you know open the laptop open Skype (laughs) at home. (laughs) Exactly. Like it was, um, we had Nokia phones back then. Even texting was difficult, right? right? So it was very, very difficult to communicate. So it was a real goodbye, you know, that's devastating. Yeah, it was very hard. And And what's his nationality then? Him and his He is Egyptian as well. So when he moved here, it was, he he moved here, um, I think it was 2009... And I was still doing med school. And for me, this was like, okay, we're going to really test this. You know, long distance relationship is what makes or breaks a relationship. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. So every year he would come back for two weeks when we would, like, we had a big engagement. And then the year after we had, like, our marriage ceremony. And then the year after we had, like, our wedding. Oh, wow. So you actually were engaged and then married when you were long distance. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think it's so nice. Or, I mean, not nice. It's probably not the right word. But it's it's good in a way that if you're looking for a positive in that situation that you met so young and you could have that time apart to you know you're doing your own thing in school and you're chasing your dreams and your career and he's doing the same and building a life in Canada and because you know I always think about these couples that meet at such a young age and then they've never really found out who they are separately so yes yeah you are 100% right because this was exactly the time that I really I was like, okay, now, you know what, Lena, <laughs> you have to depend on yourself. Because really, like, ever since I moved to Egypt, he was there. So for me, it was like, he's there, say, he's, you know, my safety is there. Anything I need, he's, he's going to be there for me. And this was the time. Also, my parents were still back in Abu Dhabi. My brother was in the UK. So I was alone, technically. Um, so for me, this was the time to like, okay, focus on me and how to be happy alone, even in the relationship, 
right? Because technically I'm in a relationship, but I'm not having any of the benefits of the mm-hmm. relationship. You know, no, no fun dates. Yeah. <laughs> no, like things to do. It's all just like the stress of trying to contact each other and keep up with each other. And that's definitely a broken stereotype right there as well. You know, you're a woman yeah. who is living alone, who is, you know, in a ed- very, very serious education to be a doctor alone. You're living yeah. apart from your yes. partner. So that in itself could surprise a lot of people from, you know, an ed- the, the-, the norm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. My family always, I'm always grateful to my parents. They were always, I would say, different but not very different they were just you know they taught us well they raised us well my mom was like you know what now I taught you I raised you now is your time you know your time to shine your time to learn and gain responsibility and so yeah so Canada (laughs) yes yeah back to Canada (laughs) was wasn't really on your radar it was Mustafa that went there and kind of threw it into your life as an option and um yeah, what exactly. what did you know about Canada do you as soon as he left you you thought right I'm gonna have I'm gonna end up living there I guess or what where were you with Canada <laughs> yes that's a very good question quickly interrupting this episode to remind you all about Elsa the English language speech assistant this is an app that you can download to your phone access over 1600 lessons to practice your English and then use its really cool AI to record yourself speaking and then receive detailed feedback about how to improve your pronunciation so if you're looking for an English teacher to carry around in your pocket Elsa is for you I've hooked you up with a free seven-day trial so you can test it out. Then if you decide to become a member, you can also get 85% off a lifetime membership and 40% off on one year. So check the show notes for your special links for your seven-day free trial. Head to bit.ly forward slash Elsa, E-L-S-A, X, The Newcomer Collective. Happy learning! I had zero <laughs> clue about Canada. <laughs> I only knew that it was a far, far place. Yeah. <laughs> People would go to never Very come cold. back, you know. <laughs> Very cold. And how do they survive that? Um, yeah, I knew very little, I would say, but I knew it was a good place and I knew that people really, really tried hard to immigrate there for obviously the right reasons as well. Like it's not it did not seem crazy or anything to me, but it was just like it felt far. I remember my mom, she was like, Canada? And she, you know, her heart sank and she was like, I'm very, very attached to my family and very close to them. So it was hard on them as well. But uh, they also, you know, supported our decision and my decision. And I felt that not maybe, actually, for sure, Canada will provide me with better opportunities in terms of education, in terms of medical training, in terms of the dreams I aspire and have. Um... I was building my own way, but it was difficult. And I felt like, you know what? It's a better future for sure. Better opportunities. Let's, let's give it a go. And when Mustafa, like back then, he was my fiance and he would, you know, we would talk and stuff. And I learned, I learned more about Canada from him. I saw from him how difficult it was for him to integrate as well. Like moving from, you know, your big circle of friends to, zero friends and looking for a job every day and just you know sitting at home okay what what am I supposed to do I'm I'm trying to start life from scratch in this completely new environment so it's it's not easy right right but then I've seen him gradually take the step you know uh, up and I've seen him grow right from like a simple job. He started his first job, I remember, was um, he was the cash at, in a depener, right? And then that led one thing to another and one thing to another. And now he's uh, very successful in his career. And I'm very proud of him for that. And he inspired me. For the field that he studied for. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Computer engineering. Wow. Yes. And um, yeah, for me, that was like, okay, it's we are rebuilding ourselves. It's going to be hard. But... It's going to be worth it. Yeah. So this was, uh, for me, Canada, uh, really. And it was very exciting. I was very, very excited. I was like, let's do it, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the reunion with him was obviously amazing as well to know that that's finally happening and we can be together. But then also I really, you know, I had that same thing where 
you know, in a different way. You had the head start because he yeah. spent time in Canada before you, so he knew the ins and outs of things and the culture and the different yeah. the different shortcuts to things that he'd learned the hard way. So you could hopefully, you know, kind of piggyback off that. And then for me, my fiance is Canadian, so I, you know, we moved at the same time to Canada, but he was Canadian and he could tell me all of that stuff as well. So it's definitely nice and definitely appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, don't take this line on the metro on this day. <laughs> Yeah, it breaks down. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It really helps. And you have to have the certain amount of coins if you go on the bus, they won't take. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it helped a lot. Amazing. So when you moved then and you finally moved, it was 2013. Yes. um, You, was it everything that you'd expected it to be? Had you visited Canada before or was that the day that you landed and then you were like, oh, okay, this is what you've been talking about for these years? (laughs) yeah no so what happened was that he like came back to Egypt for us to have our wedding then we went for our honeymoon went back to Egypt took my things and said goodbye to everyone and came to Canada and I'm so glad that it was during summertime it was the 19th of June 2013 I remember very very well very good that it's during summer kudos to you good decision yes (laughs) right yeah it was during summer and I was, and I remember very well, like landing. We unfortunately had a really long flight and none of our bags arrived. So oh. I was very furious about that. None of our stuff arrived. So I have nothing. And fortunately, my brother-in-law was still living in Canada at the time. And he lived in downtown, in a small condo in downtown. So my husband was like, okay, we're going to stay with him to borrow a shirt and a short, to, to, you know, because we literally have nothing right like none of my stuff uh, until the next day we could buy some stuff and figure out when the bags are arriving and I remember very well like I was like oh my god this is wow Montreal oh my god another lady in a hijab uh, hello <laughs> <laughs> I was very like out of this world feeling um I was very surprised that Oh, this, okay. This is what it's like. It's a really cute, nice city. Oh, wow. It's very green. People are walking everywhere. I've haven't seen that, you know, and I, and I remember that day we went to have dinner in one of the restaurants in one of the most famous streets, St. Catherine, downtown Montreal. And I was just blown away. I was extremely exhausted, but I was really happy. And I was like, wow, I'm here. You know, and it felt so surreal and it felt, it felt nicer than what I had imagined. It felt really nicer than what I had imagined for sure. Yeah. And Montreal, you know, it's, it's so, it's such a beautiful city and you do have some of the history, right? It's nowhere near as old as obviously Egypt, but you have the history there. A bit more of an older feel. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was like nice place, interesting place, a lot to discover. And from, from there, I took it from there. Um, we went to our, um, like a condo, uh, and we had nothing in our condo. It was just like a, a mattress on the floor and my husband's old couch in the living room. And that's it. So we started like furnishing our place from scratch, you know, every day we go to Ikea and like we're touring around my husband is showing me everywhere oh this is Mont Royal uh this is where the best smoked meat place <laughs> is grabbing ice creams it was it was a really fun he he had like two weeks off for us to to show me around and for us to like furnish our place so it was it was a lot of fun and he introduced me to like a few friends um that I bonded with actually up until now like we're very good friends um and yeah it was uh yeah it's crazy that's so nice for him too I bet you know to have you there I know that feeling of when my parents come to Canada and I'm like oh I'm gonna show you around I'm so proud of this life I built so now it was that times a thousand because it's his wife and he's like okay now you're here with me and I can show you everything yeah how exciting for him exactly yeah yeah and and that we had to build like this is our first for me Canada and Montreal is my first home, you know, my marriage. Now we have a daughter. So my daughter as well. So like we, we really built a lot here and, and it's, it's great. It's great that you are allowed to do this and you have so much opportunity and, and growth. Yeah. So in Montreal, obviously the, the biggest 
struggle that comes into immigrants' minds is the language, right? If you don't speak French, yes. Um, what is that like? Because you yourself don't speak French, or I'm sure you have some French language skills now after all these years. But um, yeah, I'm interested to learn about that and your experience as a non-French speaker in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I would still like I would you know walk like go on the bus and be like hello, <laughs> speaking <laughs> English. <laughs> And I would be replied to either in French or English, depends on the mood of the of the driver. Some people were nice and they would accommodate you and speak in English. 95% of the time, I would say this was the case where people would just speak in English, help you out, accommodate you. Or even if the, the person is not speaking, the person I'm conversing with is not speaking in um, English back, Another person would jump in and be like, this is what they're Aww, saying. And that's good. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. And I do speak like a little uh, French. So I'd be like, uh, I had my list of like questions, right? Or, I want to go here. <laughs> right. <laughs> or things like, help me out, please. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> like I had my my sentences, but whenever the conversation was outside of that, it was a little bit of a struggle. But I did I did take some French classes and that was the, the number one thing. My husband was like, take French classes, then do anything else. And I was very, very like um, rushing to, you know, get back on, on track with my career and do things and stuff. So, uh, so I did take French classes, but I didn't continue enough because I had an opportunity to pursue a master's degree at McGill university, which was an incredible opportunity. Um, so I did French you have to practice it on a daily yeah. basis to keep it, right? No matter how many courses you take, no matter how many Duolingo levels you, you complete, you need to practice it on a daily basis, right? And um, ever since I started like my professional uh, life, I would say, I've been fortunate to be in an Anglophone in, in environment. Uh, like McGill is very Anglophone. Um, the McGill University uh, Health Center hospitals are also very quite anglophone so i'm still not really needing to use it on a daily basis of course the target is to be fluent and practice and get myself up to the level uh so i can do better uh, but yeah we're working on it i'm learning with with my daughter at daycare <laughs> i'm learning well that's what i was about to say your daughter can uh can you can practice yeah. with her because i'm sure she's going to she, be fluent she's teaching me <laughs> she's te yeah she's teaching me words oh. <laughs> and how old is she she's two she was born exactly two weeks before the pandemic like exactly two weeks wow. so pandemic she's baby pandemic age pandemic french baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that's so interesting that you have, you know, you've built a successful life and, and career without that, the French skills, because that's a question that I do get a lot. But obviously, the, yeah. the end goal, if you are looking to stay there long term is to, you know, why not, you know, pursue that language, because it's a big part of the life there. So exactly. Like, but you can, in the, in the interim, get by, which is good to know. You can, of course. Yes, you can, of course. You might be lucky, like I think I was lucky as well. But... um If I would advise anyone, I would definitely tell them, like, you know, come, it, take your French classes for a good, like, you know, three to six months, if you can, condense classes, and then you're smooth sailing after, right? Things are going to fall into place. But uh, for sure, Quebec is becoming more and more strict on the French. It's something they're really proud of, too, so they're, they're not going to let go anytime soon. So Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, yeah. But everyone is pretty Anglophone, I can say. Like, it's rare that I've met people who aren't Anglophone. Yeah. So yeah. that's obviously the first struggle that came to my mind that you may have experienced. Is there anything else that you found particularly tough those first few years? Um, I think just integrating in general. Like, I'm sure, and I was very interested because when I came across your Instagram page and I was like, oh, wow, so it's not just me, you know? <laughs> no, that's the goal. I'm so happy you said that because, yeah, that's really why I started posting about it because no one speaks about it and everybody, yes. <laughs> pretty much everybody goes through it. And I thought it's just, you know, maybe because, you know, maybe because I'm Arab, maybe because I wear the hijab, maybe that's why integrating is difficult. Maybe because I'm very, um, like attached to my culture and, uh, just want to introduce people to it. But I was really, uh, surprised and, and happy when I saw, when I came across your Instagram, I was like, Oh, you're all good. It's not only me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, um, like, you know, you come, you're, 
English is your first language、mm-hmm. and you come from also like a similar Western back- background, right? Yeah. So it shouldn't be very different, but it, it still is different. And I think just the integration on sort of the culture here and how people, like you said, people are nice, but they are respectful and everybody's doing their own thing, right? Um, I found it a little harder to make friends or find friends that are similar to my mentality, I guess, or it, it took a few years to, to get to my, my friendship、uh, base now. I have amazing friends now that I'm very blessed to have each, each and every one of them, but it took years. It took years to, you know, meet someone who introduced you to someone who introduced you to another someone. And then you find that person. Finally. Like,、yeah, yes.、Oh, hey. You have to go through a lot of people too. You don't realize you think, okay, these three people that I've met in my first week are now my friends. And it's like, you know, they might not be. And that's okay. You know, you've got to meet people and then realize they're not a good match and then just keep looking. And, exactly. You know, that's fine too. But I think it's so interesting, isn't it? Like the pressure that we put on ourselves to be so, you know,、yes. find all of these friends really quickly. And it Does it takes years, unfortunately, for people listening? It's true, it really does, but it is worth it because you find、yeah. those people that you know you've you've built this new life and they've they're in this new life with you, and that's taken time, but it's worth it. Yes, and they've witnessed, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, integration, I think the other difficult thing was just like. The culture and, and, and、uh, because, of course,、mm-hmm. obviously, I wear the hijab, a lot of people would ask questions like, wh- like why or how or have certain stereotypes, I would say. Yes.、Um, I wouldn't say I felt like people discriminate against me because of the hijab. Honestly, like people in Canada in, in general are, are very nice and accepting, but there is, I've definitely felt the stereotype that, like, oh, she's boring or oh, she must be dumb, right? Just because, <laughs> just because. I wear the hijab and until people get to know me,、yes. they're like, Oh, you're a doctor. <laughs> oh, you speak English. Oh, you have interests. Oh, you had a boyfriend. <laughs> you're so funny and you're joking around and、yeah. you can be goofy. You know, you're just exactly the same as everybody、yeah. else. It's, yeah, it's interesting.、I've- yeah. That's, that's, I think that was another thing that I struggled with to like,、um, fit in or, you know, I'm、yeah. cool too. <laughs> Maybe not so much, but so for me, it took me some time to filter out. Who are the people who are actually interested and who are the people who, who aren't interested? And it's、yeah. not personal. It's just because they already have friends or they, yeah, they, they have their own friends、mm. and it's fine. They don't need to make new friends. I usually have a very open mindset and I feel like I've had a quite, a, quite a diverse background. So I was never like walking on eggshells or anything. I was just myself and comfortable and, and nice and open and, and, and I just waited till. I receive the connection back and、yeah. things, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, if, if, if anyone is listening that, you know, is Arab or wears a hijab, if you have any advice for them, if they're concerned or if they're worried about anything moving to Canada, it's what your experience has been. It's been overly positive by the sounds of it. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, I, it's, it's a positive experience because I like to look at everything、right. in a positive way, but definitely. There, I don't want to say, because I don't want the people who listen and think, oh, it was, you know,、uh, flowers and butterflies. It is, everything is, that is hard, I think is, is beautiful, right? So there were hardships and there were hard days and there were many days when I like cried to my husband. I'm like, why do people not like me and things like that? <laughs> you know, but, but I learned what I'm trying to say is that I learned that,、um, like you said, like, Not wait from the, like,、uh, for, for the connection from the other person.、Yeah. Just be yourself and do your thing and be patient and things will fall into place.、Um, I think if, if any advice I would give to anyone who even feels as a visible minority, what I would say is just be yourself.、Um, take care of your safety as well. Like, Be cautious as well, because when the shooting that happened in Quebec, like I was very, very scared to like leave my house.、Oh, yes. You know, you, you have to be cautious, but in a nice and respectful way, that is fine. And you will find your friends in, in Canadian、uh, family looking out for you.、Uh, really, you, you will find that.、Um, and the other thing is find your people first so that you have the confidence. And safety in your own skin within Canada, like, like immigrant groups or 
you know, like each nationality, they have like a small sort of Facebook group or whatever, or even like a, you know, um, like there's the Facebook group for Arab women's in Montreal, something like that. And just find, find something like that a little bit to give you a little, a little bit of insight to how things are done. How do people deal so that you just feel comfortable and, and you get the, the sense of it? Then you're smooth sailing after that. Yeah, you can learn what people have learned, you know, and learn from them and their experiences. They've gone through it before you. Yeah. And then you have that community and that support going forward. Exactly. And the expectation. It's just all about expectations, right? If you have really, really high expectations, that's going to hurt you. If you have medium to low expectations within reason, it, I think it's going to help you more. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's really important because these topics can feel very sensitive and I definitely want to have content out there yeah. for everybody that is listening. And, and you know, I, I cover so many countries Absolutely. and so many different religions and different everything. So I really appreciate your insight on that. Of course, of course. And, and I'd love to like help out in any way, any sense. If someone wants to reach out, ask more personal questions, please, I don't mind. I've been there and uh, like, I definitely um, know how it feels like for sure. And, and just like I said, again, like be yourself, um, yeah. be hundred percent yourself. Don't worry. Things are going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And please do correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah. you know, obviously I am white and I, yeah. I'm here living in Canada where the majority of people are white. So please do correct me. But I think, yeah, I personally think that Canada is very accepting and very a uh, very diverse country and their immigration is yes. is such a priority for them and the, and the current government and you meet people from all over the world and you know the people are there to make friends with from all walks of life and i do think that as you know canada as a country is does have that as a positive so Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. A hundred percent. There, there are certain stereotypes and they may not be evil at all. But per- personally, I'm just sharing from my personal experiences that there are certain stereotypes that, um, <laughs> we are, like I said, maybe boring or people are not interested in much in, in us as much as another person or they don't know how to deal with you around. You know, there's, a little bit of mm-hmm. vagueness there. So you have to show yourself. You have to like right. prove yourself, sort of. And then things get easier. Um, but for sure, Canada is, is extremely diverse. And I think it varies from province to province. Right. Because yes. Toronto Toronto is, is extremely... Tr- Toronto thrives in diversity, right? Um, Quebec is a little different, although Quebec is extremely diverse. But they still want to hold um, their... Uh, identity and that is fair that is they're right it's fair i get it you know uh so there are some implications to that i see in in like for example vancouver is so different yeah so it's a huge country right so yeah it's different weather different terrains different people yeah it, it is such a huge country sometimes I do have a bit of tunnel vision sometimes with Ontario and then I'm like no no <laughs> can't just talk for the whole yeah. of Canada when I'm talking about Toronto so yeah <laughs> yeah no but honestly like I've I have I have met people who are now like I call them you're you know you're my, my Canadian parents you know and and <laughs> I that I've extremely bonded with and and um so I I've done volunteering in the hospital up until COVID happened and I've met so many wonderful people during volunteering from all walks of life, from all ages, you know, um, women in their seventies or, or, uh, young high school students or, you know, like a very wide range of people and not once have I not been supported, loved, respected. So really, yeah, it, it really matters, um, also the context where you are and what you're doing, right? Because we're volunteering. People who volunteer have a certain mindset and a certain uh, outlook on life, right? So Yes. So, yeah, that also matters, I think. For sure. And thank you. Yeah, I want to bring up volunteering because I know that that uh, opened up a lot of doors for you when you first yes. came here and helped you not only build your network and meet new people, but you you built you know your career through it as well. So yeah, definitely. Let's quickly touch on that and the the benefits that volunteering in Canada can have if you're new. Oh my God! Yes, absolutely. Well, the first thing that 
guided me to volunteering is that, you know, as a physician, um, I'm very passionate about, you know, patient care and just being close to patients and helping in any way. And I found myself just, you know, like Googling, okay, what can I do? I My, my paperwork were still in, in progress. Uh, so I couldn't officially like work or study. Uh, so the only thing I could do is volunteer. So I Googled, um, you know, the hospitals in Montreal. Of course, I, I don't know anything. And I found a volunteer form. I filled it and printed it out and, you know, found the address of the volunteer office and headed to the hospital myself. And I met the uh, volunteer coordinator and I told her my story and she was like, welcome. Hello. Our training is starts next week, you know, and that was the beginning of everything uh, beautiful and great that happened to me in Canada. Slowly, it was a, it was a perfect chance to learn and integrate, learn about the healthcare system, which benefited me in my career, learn how things work because things work differently. And slowly, one by one, like network, feel comfortable in my own skin, feel comfortable in a hospital setting where like the first language is not my first language, right? Although I'm, I'm perfectly fluent, but it's still different, right? So that's what I did. And slowly I started knowing people and knowing physicians and knowing about like, you know, um, medical seminars and research days and things like that. I just want to learn anything I can to bring myself up to the standard, right? Because another thing that I witnessed when I came here is that everyone is so accomplished. Everyone has wow, yes. masters, PhDs, degrees, experience, especially in the medical field. Everyone is so accomplished. And me coming from Egypt thinking like, oh, I'm so young and cool and good and stuff. I realized that I still have a lot of work to do. It's just people here are much, much more competitive. and Career focus too, you know, at the end of the day, that is their ultimate goal. A lot of people anyway is is that career, yeah. is that ultimate success and it's that mindset. It's very, yes. it's very New York and Toronto and yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And they are determined from a young age. So I met high school students volunteering at the hospital and I'm like wow you're in high school like <laughs> go to the beach why like, <laughs> I know but they are determined they have summer internships they they run research projects so I was really surprised by the caliber and I was like you know what I have to work on myself and I started communicating with um now my mentor, uh, the very nice uh, clinician scientist that I met, and he took me in. He believed in me, took me in, and he said, okay, come to the lab, start volunteering, and start learning from the PhD students and the master's students. And I've done that for like a good maybe year, year and a half, and slowly, once my paperwork was done and I was able to study, I applied for a master's program in a few departments. And of course, um, one of the departments were in his lab and he took me in because he he's seen my determination and my uh, passion to learn. And ever since then, like one thing led to another and really, he really like helped me, um, you know, determine what I want to do and encourage me. And here I am today, you know. Wow. And it all yeah. started just with looking for an opportunity to, to volunteer and to learn a bit more about the industry that you wanted to go in. Yeah. And just to have that initiative to, yeah. Yeah, to insert yourself. And help patients. That that was that was the number one thing. Is like, I want to be close to patients. It's my passion. I want to help patients. And, and, and it was such an eye-opener as well. Like, volunteering is such an eye-opener because I remember some patients, like, crystal clear because their stories were just so moving and I was volunteering in, in cancer um, in the department of cancer uh, so the stories are very 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 moving and very uh, you know Absolutely. memorable I would say so it told me a lot yeah and I think it's important to say as well that you know this is unpaid work but it's really an investment in your career here and your skills and you know even you know you're talking you know, within the industry of, of healthcare, but if you're not in healthcare and you you don't know what industry you want to go into, then volunteering again is probably a great way to to experiment and discover different things and try different industries out and and see Absolutely. what kind of sparks your passion really. So there's that whole side of it that you can use it to to discover passions that way. Absolutely, and I think it applies to any field, not just the healthcare system. 
I think in any field, like let's say, I don't know, like a finance company or something, if you're very passionate about it and you go and you present yourself, be like, I'm just going to be here volunteering, learning. I'll help you guys out. Like, just give me a chance. Like slowly, they're going to see your caliber and your determination in one thing is going to lead to another and, and things are going to work out like definitely yeah 100 and i always say that you don't you never know what one connection you could meet a hundred people and then suddenly one that then 101 101st person you meet could be that person that suddenly has a job availability you know come up in the future and then they'll remember you that really keen volunteer from however many years ago and that could just open a door so exactly also language skills too you know if english is your second language you're in social situations with colleagues and, you know, all of that stuff. That's another huge side of it. And integration as well. Like yes. it's taught me a lot about the, the culture and the social norms and when you're supposed to remain quiet, right? Or when you're supposed to ask questions or, you know, take a step back, right? Because like I said, coming from my culture where everyone is sort of in your face, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I learned that, okay, in... Canada it's a little different you you have to respect um you know uh like see things a little differently and respect maybe the distance sometimes that's what people need more and yeah it taught me a lot about that a lot the music as well yeah <laughs> sports I'm sure you have like small talk about hockey or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hockey exactly and the culture and yeah of course. Yeah. And then you're learning skills throughout that you're now adding to your resume, right? The ones that you, you know, that the Canadian employers are going to be looking for. You, you're now having, you know, concrete experience, you know, performing those skills. So again, you know, this yes. infamous Canadian work experience that everyone talks about, you know, the volunteering is a great way to, to build some of that up on your resume. So yeah. Yeah. And networks. Like I, I want to say every job I had was because of the network I made from volunteering. Same. Same as me. Yeah. yeah every absolutely. job I had was because of I know someone who was like, hey, there's position. We know you're looking. Come like apply. Yeah. Putting myself out there. It was never waiting for an employer to find me. It was I had done something to put myself out exactly. there, to put myself in front of people. Yeah. And that is why I ultimately got that position. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. So you obviously did your research to find your particular volunteering, but I wanted to just drop some websites here for anyone else who yes. maybe doesn't have a specific industry or just wants to see what volunteering there is out there. So there's a few websites. We've got volunteer.ca. That's an easy one. <laughs> We've got getinvolved.ca, charityvillage.ca, and go volunteer.ca. So I'll put those in the show notes um, and definitely check those out for any opportunities. Um, yeah. Or just go out in your local community, right? You know, see what organizations are out there in your small town or your neighborhood because yeah, even your local library is a good one. So yeah, pop into there and ask if they need any help. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. The local libraries have like a ton of resources. Use them for sure a ton of resources and also the community centers. So like every, I don't know, here I live in um, a place called Ville Saint Laurent. So there's like a sort of a family community center and they have a ton of resources. Newcomer for, centers too. Yes, yes, newcomer centers. Yes, I forgot about that one. Yes, they can help you write your CV. They can help you like um, with official work or like certified translations. Mm. And um, yeah, they definitely help a ton. For sure. Use those resources. Fantastic. <laughs> and I do just want to finish as well that if you don't have a work permit, definitely check with an immigration lawyer because right. there is definitely a gray area with volunteering. I tried to look it up before this call so that I could give you solid information, but I couldn't get a straight answer. It really depends on the type of work that you're doing, it depends. what industry you're working for. There's so many different variables. Exactly. So there isn't just one straight answer like, oh, does volunteering do I need a work permit for volunteering? It's it's much more complicated. So definitely check before you take any unpaid work if you don't have a work permit because you might need one. Exactly. <laughs> and health insurance as well. Like it's better to have, a, especially if you're working in a healthcare environment, it's better to have a health insurance just in case they really, really want that just to, you know, be sure that you're not going to be liable for anything. Wonderful. Oh, 
Well, Lena, this has been amazing. We've run way over. I knew we would because we were just chatting away. It's been amazing. I have lost track of time. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I know we went over an hour. Eh? I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're having good conversation when that happens. So that's good. Great. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier in the conversation, if anyone does want to reach out to you with any questions or if they want to connect. So how can people do that? Where yeah. can people find you? Of course, they can either reach me through my Instagram uh, at Alina Sobi87, so L-I-N-A-S-O-B for boy, <laughs> H-Y-87. That's my uh, Instagram name handle. And uh, through email as well, they can email me anytime. So it's uh, Lina, L-I-N-A-S-O-B for boy, <laughs> H-Y-87 at gmail.com. Anytime, I'd be happy to answer fantastic yeah. oh, wonderful Thank I'm so, so sad much. that we live so far away from each other I know. because I want to go out and meet you in person but I know me too maybe in Egypt yes absolutely just let me know I'll take you to that coffee spots I know you're gonna love it <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm so excited thank you so so much for listening As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.